to the Entrepreneur Success Formula podcast, where we'll be getting down to earth with real entrepreneurs who work hard and know that success is more than a mindset as it takes blood, guts, and a bucket full of luck to survive and thrive in the world of business today. And in this episode, I am speaking with Matthew Rolf, who's CEO of Graph UK, which is an SME in the UK specializing in water management within the construction industry. And it's especially pertinent right now bearing in mind the current weather patterns that we're having in the UK and in the world, which is all due to global warming, but we're going to dig down into that in a little bit because uh, Graph UK are, are, have a particular campaign going out which is addressing that. So Mark, Matt, Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Damien. <laughs> a typical crazy introduction. So, so tell me, when was, <laughs> when was Graph UK launched and where did it come from? Because it's not actually a UK company, is it? No. So um, we started trading as Graph UK in um, March 2014. Uh, previously, though, we were um, importing products from the German company Graph um, since 2007 actually but uh, they acquired our business in early 2014 uh, when they wanted to or they felt that they were ready to invest more in the UK and um, focus more on the market here. Okay and this graph in Germany has a, a big recycling plant is that right? Yes yeah so this is uh, one of the uh, many improvements that they've made since certainly since we've been dealing with them they focus a huge amount on um, I mean all of our products are plastic uh, so um, the the majority of them now are, are made out of 100% recycled plastic which is obviously a, um, a very necessary thing to do if you're involved in selling anything plastic um, so yeah it's a really it's a really good improvement that our business has made um, to make sure that uh, the majority of everything we sell is uh, was once yogurt pots and milk uh, containers and, and all domestic uh, household uh, plastic waste. Okay, fantastic. We'll come back on that again in a minute because I think that's actually a really crucial part. So, uh, right, again, coming back to you as an entrepreneur, what's been the biggest mental challenge you personally had to overcome as an entrepreneur? Um, I think that. Uh, I think the biggest personal challenge is realizing that you're not going to please everybody, um, and 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 that uh, and that you're uh, sometimes going to annoy people, and um, and that that's okay. You know, I think uh, I'm still not great with that now, but um, I think it's a big challenge that uh, you'll be better as an entrepreneur once you've overcome that. <laughs> yeah. uh, because you know, whether it's uh, being worried about the emails that you're sending out or ringing people or, you know, um, it's, it's up to other people whether they read your stuff or watch your stuff. It's not up to you to make it perfect for everyone to like, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really important thing to learn. Difficult thing to learn, of course. Um, uh, well, some people find it easier than others uh, to, to, to not care about these things. But certainly for myself, that was a difficult thing to overcome. I remember hearing Dan Kennedy say once, if you don't annoy someone by lunchtime, you're not trying hard enough, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, which makes a lot of sense. I think that's a really, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. But if you care about what people think, that's a really, really difficult rule to live by. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so with the benefit of hindsight, if you had to start all over again, 
what would be the one thing that you would do differently? Um, I would, as much as possible, I would try to record nearly everything on video. Mm. I think um, what I've really noticed in the, the our, our company's changed a huge amount in the last four or five years. We've gone from, you know, seven people up to nearly 40 people. And every time you take someone new on, they've got the same things to learn as all of us learned in the first place. And video is, uh, you know, hugely valuable in that, in that respect. If you can sit them down and show them um, lessons that we've already learned, because otherwise, you know, we're, we're just repeating the same things over and over again. And um, I think to capture it right from the start as much as possible on video, but even if not on video, even just to write down, you know, a few notes after big lessons, after things you, that you've got really, really wrong or things that you've got really, really right. Um, I think uh, the more you document uh, as you go along, the better. We haven't done that as, you know, as much as I um, would like to have. Um, so that's what I would do if I started again. Fantastic. Okay, so slightly different now. So what's the one piece of advice you would give to a young entrepreneur starting out today in the current climate with everything that's going on with obviously we've got Brexit right now. Um, but what, what would be, what would be the advice you would give to someone who's just starting out? Or someone pivoting as well, because we've got a lot of people that obviously change. Yeah, well, I, I think for me, um, and I'm actually still trying to do this now, is just to make sure that you have access. I mean, basically, it's about your network. I think, I think to make sure that you have people that you can ask, you know, because, um, you know, every book I've read or, or every kind of successful entrepreneur that I've spoken to, they've all said that uh, they certainly didn't do it on their own, you know, and, and that uh, whatever you're trying to do, someone's already done it before. Um, but just to kind of make sure that you've got a team of people around you or, or they don't necessarily have to work for you. You can just know who to call. Uh, so that when you need some help, you've got someone to ask. Um, I think that's the most important thing, to be honest. Yeah, because it's exactly. too it's too easy just to try and do everything on your on your own and really not make much progress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, we have we've had a few people on here saying the same bit of advice. They would get help from other people earlier. So, um, okay, what is the best piece of advice that you can remember that's been given to you by someone else? It could be a business coach, it could be a mentor, or a friend, even a friend. Yeah, no, the, um, uh, this is quite an easy one for me because um, I, I was told this, maybe not even, no more than two years ago, but uh, I remember it often. Uh, and that is just, whether it's a big decision or particularly when you hear something that you don't like or you react to something, um, sleep on it for one night before you respond. Very good. Like, just just wait until the next day because you know and, and i this is definitely uh, regretted not doing this uh you know a number of times but everything can wait one day um and just so just pause sleep on it and then decide what to do the following morning i love that great piece of advice okay so if you were in charge of uk business right now which I wouldn't envy anyone who, who is, um, <laughs> bearing in mind what's currently going on. But if you were in charge of UK business, what, what piece of legislation would you help to introduce, uh, would you introduce to help entrepreneurs? Well, um, this is a really tricky one because um, I, I, um, 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure legislation-wise. I, I thought of two possibly practical things that might help. Uh, firstly, um, for businesses that need premises, I would want to see the rates charged. You know, the council tax rates lowered um, because realistically, you're, you're not getting anything for your money. You know, you, you don't even get your bins emptied on a on an industrial estate like where we are. Um, and I think that uh, it prohibits a lot of businesses from growing as quickly as they could because they don't have the space that they need. Mm. So I, I just think that's a that's a crazy charge and it's not linked with how successful the business is or anything like that. It's just if you take on a big warehouse or, or big offices, then you're paying a huge amount for rates and it can kill a lot of, um, you know, or make, um, make it difficult for, for businesses in the early days. Um, the only other thing I thought was, there should be some sort of uh, incentive for hiring more people. Um, you know, I think that it's up to a maximum, you know, up to a maximum of 10, perhaps. I think once you've got 10 people, you, you know, you should be, uh, hopefully, ideally, you should be able to sustain, uh, you know, the, the costs as they are. But uh, I think to get to that point, it's helpful for the economy and for the country if, um, if entrepreneurs are encouraged to to take on more staff and it's a big cost and um i think to get to that point you should have some help or could have some help i like that okay so i noticed that you've got a campaign that's uh, that's being launched called h2o safe which is very pertinent as i said at the moment because we've just had well we are actually in the, in the middle of having some uh, very dangerous flooding happening in the uk in fact loss of life has already happened as a result of it so um in that respect, what are your plans for the future uh, and what is H2O safe? Yeah, so um, as you say, this weekend alone um, has been awful in terms of uh, uh, flood damage and, um, you know, the weather is getting more and more extreme. So our uh, the, the whole thought behind this campaign uh, that we're really pushing on our LinkedIn and, and, and other social media channels, H2O safe, is to... Um, get more people talking about better use of water and better management of water. We've got three top priorities, which are uh, preventing flooding in increasingly extreme weather conditions through stormwater management, um, stormwater management being a big part of our business, huge underground tanks that uh, slow down the rate uh, at which the stormwater is, is infiltrated into the ground, uh, basically to prevent flooding. Um, the second thing is preventing sewage being, being discharged into water courses. Uh, so wastewater treatment and sewage treatment plants is a, another big part of our business. Um, making sure that the water is treated before going into rivers and ditches and streams is incredibly important. Um, and then the third, which is um, a very, very um, easy thing to do, but is not done by many people at all is, is putting the precious resource of rainwater's good use through rainwater harvesting. Um, lots of people do this on a domestic scale. They have a water button in their back garden. They collect the rainwater that falls on their roof and they might use a few buckets of water to you know, water their plants or, or wash their car or something. But it's equally as easy to do that on a slightly bigger scale uh, to collect more of that water uh, and reuse it for flushing your toilets and um, you know, it, cuts, it can cut down the mains water to use by half on a domestic property. It can do more, much more than that um, in some businesses where they use a lot of water. Uh, but uh, yeah, the focus is to save as much mains water as possible and use the rainwater that's already there.
So in terms of, because obviously the, you know, the Met Office has put predictions on this about extreme weather conditions. What, how come there's a disconnect between the amount of water we're going to be getting as precipitation and our ability to actually kind of conserve it and use it? Um, I think that, uh, I think awareness is, is partly the, uh, is part of it, as in I don't, I don't think that many people know uh, it's that possible. I don't think, uh, water, because water is so cheap um, here in the UK, especially compared with some countries, it, it doesn't get given the value that it should or could have. Um, your water bill is, is not something the majority of people moan about in the same way that phone bills or heating bills or whatever can be. Um, and so whilst uh, you can get your mains water and you know pay not a lot of money for it, people aren't thinking about it as much as they could be. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, we are made up of like mostly water and, and we've seen, you know, this last weekend, how destructive water can be. I mean, it, it's almost like it's at the opposite end of the scale. It's such a vital part of life, but it's also very destructive to life. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, um, you know, the crazy thing is certainly, uh, well, I said crazy. The good thing is with planning permissions and a lot of thought goes into um surface water management so so or, or stormwater management before buildings are built now um mm. so that it has to be managed and and flooding should be uh less possible but um uh, i think several people would probably still argue that because of uh, of of houses being built on floodplains and things like that but uh, um the Environment Agency dictates, you know, what uh, what size stormwater tank has to go underground because the rainwater post construction uh, should infiltrate into the soil into the soil at the same rate as it as it did uh, before the building was built. Um, so it is it's definitely something that's considered. Uh, one thing that's not considered as much as we would like it to be is the fact that you could also put that water to good use. You know, instead of just putting a big tank there to hold it and slow it down when it does in, in, in big storm events, you could hold it and reuse it, uh, you know, um, but that doesn't get done as, as, much as, as much as we hope it will be in the future. Well, I think your campaign is really uh, important. I think it's really vital. And I think the timing for it is absolutely uh, spot on. I mean, bearing in mind that in the UK, you know, we kind of do things better than in a lot of other countries. And we've already been told that water is going to be the new oil um you know in sort of 20 30 40 years time so i think to have this awareness being launched now or being you know talked about now is absolutely amazing so congratulations thank you yeah i mean our main priority so far is just to uh engage with more people about it uh, you know talk about it more and um uh hopefully things will continue to improve fantastic and finally what is your favorite business book and why oh come on um um, it's the very first one I read. It's called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Um, and it's mainly my favorite one because it is the first one that, uh, that got me started on this sort of journey. Um, but they're, they're just fundamental principles which still apply now. You know, it was probably written a long time ago, that book. Uh, but it's just as relevant today as it was uh, when he first brought it out. 
and it's an excellent starting point. Um, and uh, yeah, should be read over and over again. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Matthew, for, um, for joining me today and for taking this brief delve into the real lives of real entrepreneurs. Uh, anyone listening to the show or watching on YouTube, can I ask that you share this podcast with anyone who you know who works hard and uh, would benefit from it? And to like us on iTunes and YouTube as we're going out on both, and to hit the subscribe button. If you'd like to take part in the show, please drop me an email, Damien with an A at rethinkingbusiness.biz, and we can have a chat and see if we can get you on. And every guest on the show receives my complimentary copy of my online course of the Entrepreneurs' Success Formula. So I will be sending that to you, Matthew. And uh, here's to your success and here's to our listeners' success and our viewers' success. And see you all soon. Thanks very much for taking part.